It's a wonderful day. Welcome to Price Ball. It is Friday, December 9th, 2022. We are with James of Impel Nutrition. James, I don't even, do I know your last name? Uh, it's James Hedricks. James Hendricks, I did that. All right, welcome aboard. Uh, so we originally, we've, we've emailed a few times, but we met uh, for the first time at Supply Side West, had a really good time. And we're like, dude, we should have this conversation on the podcast. So let's uh, let's start from the beginning. Like, give us a little bit of an introduction. I, I'm now on your, we were just talking before the show, I'm out on your on your newsletter, which gives you some very interesting uh, information about your, your background. So uh, let's start from there and then kind of talk about what Impel Nutrition is doing a little bit differently. And uh, thanks for thanks for joining us. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, supply side was a blast. I know that we could talk about everything, like all the conversations that we had, uh, but definitely this should be a good time. So kind of my background is in uh, industrial manufacturing. I got started in supplements, you know, a couple decades ago, just as a consumer. And uh, while I was trying to get my degree, doing all these different things in life, I realized that I'd learned everything about supplement manufacturing and ingredients and i had this little concoction that was keeping me running 20 hours a day and i'm like you know if this works for me we could sell this right you know and i was just finishing my mba trying not to be like everybody else where hey you know maybe i'll fall back sit on the couch do nothing and i just kind of turn into a slob so i was like i'm gonna start this brand i think we can do it um I've been off the internet for six years, didn't have any social media. And I was like, I'm going to start an e-commerce brand. Uh, so maybe not the best way to do it, but, uh, you know, it was kind of like a motivational thing that we started out. And then as we got into it, I was really delving into the manufacturing side, I realized that there was a niche there for people that focused on that high quality supplements that tested their products that were a hundred percent honest about everything that they were doing. And um, I realized that's the only way that I could operate is that I stand across people or, you know, hop on a, a call with somebody. Can't really tell them, hey, that's what's in the product unless I know. Or it's made in a, you know, GMP facility. Well, did you go? Did you look at their SOPs? Do you know their quality control? Um, so that's kind of like the evolution of it as we started. You know, just, hey, this is a great idea. We've got some business concepts. Um, I'm the sole investor. It's me and my wife. And that allows us to make decisions that are the right decisions and not money decisions. You know, we are a business, but um, you know we've had some different difficulties along the way in the last three years where we thought, hey, maybe that's it. We make this decision, but it's the right decision, and everybody may bail on us. We don't know. Um, turned out to be you know, better for us. We sent products back, uh, sent pre-order money back, and got double the orders, I'm just being honest. Did you ever consider manufacturing yourself with your background in manufacturing and just like your understanding of everything that happens? It, it seems almost like it would be a natural progression for you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a capital thing. It really is kind of where it comes down to is I know enough, know how not to do it. And I know what it'll take to do it the way that um, I would feel comfortable doing it. So there's a lot of people I know that do their own manufacturing and, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch most of that stuff and I wouldn't do it that way. So maybe one day, you know, we get to the right area or, you know, we have the right partnerships and, uh, we, we could definitely take that on. 
Yeah, just a thought process because you you actually understand the manufacturing. So that, that's always something I think about because, like you said, it is a huge capital undertaking. Um, so you have get shit done, which I, I now knowing where it came from, I I appreciate that even more. Uh, as well as your protein, what was the the order of creating these products? Like like in terms of the the flow of the company, how did you go through the different products that you were making? Oh, you know, originally the, the pre-workout was like a medium stem kind of energy drink replacement and pre-workout that had the performance stuff and um, could also take it, you know, you're sitting down doing this, got some in my cup right now. Um, then it was, okay, well, I already had a pump formula that I thought was good and we started kind of like doing the development on that. Then we did BCAAs. Um, we did our fat burner, you know, it's caffeine free. That was something I was big on from all the other, like even back from the ECA stack, I was kind of hated, like you'd get the caffeine and you'd want to do something else that had caffeine in it. And I'm a coffee drinker too. Mm. It's like, once you kind of get pill caffeine in your, your system, you don't know when it's going to stop. You accidentally have that cup of coffee and your head blows up. Um, so it was like, we launched those couple of things and very much in the idea of this is our lane and this is how we're going to do it. And we're going to be different. And then the, uh, the pump product kind of became a, a screw you to the people on the internet because they were like, Oh, well, these guys, this guy's formulas don't make sense. They're super simple. I was like, okay, well, we'll do something stupid and big and, uh, throw a little cartoon on there and, and make it kind of for that crowd. That's kind of where the, the non-stem pump came and used a lot of ingredients that people weren't using at the time. Um, you know, I think we were one of the first people to really use Fitnox again, you know, it was out and then it I faded away. Um, from there it was like, I don't want to just be a bodybuilding brand. I'm not necessarily like a bodybuilder at heart. I really like working out, but it's about being healthy, taking care of my family, kind of living the best life that I can. So that's really where the the greens and longevity product started developing was all by these vitamins and you got 10 12 vitamins and i'm horrible about reordering like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna subscribe and save i don't know why um but you know, i like go from 12 vitamins down to two man this isn't the right way to do it my wife she won't take some vitamins it's too many pills it's like if this is a problem in my house and we're like a, a health oriented household i'm sure this is a problem for a lot of people out there that, that don't even really know maybe what they should be taking so greens were hot longevity is kind of our focus and so we just put them all in one i like that a lot i think well vein is what got our attention um i remember originally it's and it's kind of funny because like anyone can do a pre-workout i guess it's kind of like a lot of times when we look at pre-workouts, they're, they're usually very similar. Mike and I joke that we talk about 3.2 grams of beta alanine every single day. Um, but your, your vein really kind of got our eyes, especially with the Fitnox inclusion. That was different. But the greens, we've been really excited about. Um, and I like that you guys are differentiating because, like I said, everyone has a pre-workout, but not everyone takes care of their consumers with a good longevity product. And, you know, you hit on something there is anybody can make a pre-workout different things uh, i really part way through launching the brand realized you need a why it's like why would you take an impel nutrition product versus somebody else there's a million other brands out there so 
So what are we adding value to by releasing this, right? What are we doing different? If we just had just a flat BCAA, um, three to one ratio, like what else are you doing? Why is that different? And so we started doing that in the beginning a little bit. And now that's kind of like the epitome of when I start to formulate a product is, how is this going to make us different? Why should we invest our time to bring something out uh, to compete against products that are, there's already a bunch of great products out there. But what can we do different? Why would it be branded as Impel Nutrition and be different? I like that a lot. I think it's important to, like I, I you use the word why. I, I kind of use the phrase like, you know, what what issue are you solving for the consumer? Like they have to feel compelled to use that. And I, you already named a few of those. Like I'm the same way as you and your wife. Like I actually really don't like taking pills. I do it because I need to, but uh, I could remember to take a drink more frequently. You know, and, and I don't like to subscribe and save. I don't like to, to order a lot of stuff, but just getting a powder is so easy. And if you know that's one scoop a day, you know, that's why we called it in daily was it's just, it's super straightforward. It's just take this daily. It's 30 servings. It's everything you need. Um, just put it next to the fridge, wherever that you would see it and go, oh yeah, I'm done for the day. It's quite mm-hmm. unique too. I don't, Mike, I don't know if you want to like pull up the formula. This is usually where Mike pulls up the formula and starts talking about it, but it, it it's not the, uh, the product that we usually see so often in, in greens or longevity products. It's actually quite different. Actually quite different. Yeah. 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 I like it. Um, you're going to, am I not? Yeah. So yeah, you're going to get a lot of stuff that I want some, like I would want my wife to get. So yeah. Anyway, going back, same exact thing resonates. I could probably convince my wife on a daily basis, like four capsules seems to be the max when she, if she's starting to get six, I can get sick. I can like get it up to like six or seven, maybe, but like four fives pushing it. So, um, what can you do with four capsules a day? And there's like a lot of different avenues you want to go in, of course. And like, uh, some of the, some of the things that are important for me, uh, the vitamin D soft gel is super easy, but like some blood sugar support is good. Um, if we're in the winter, like I do like, like quercetin, zinc, NAC. So like what I see is you have NAC in this formula and it's a 400 milligram dose. So it's a, what was it? Oh, so yeah, it's uh so it's real solid. You have the turmeric with 95% curcuminoids, which is well-dosed 500 milligrams. And then you are, um, you're adding bioperin, but also estrogen. So, you know, that's going to get by absorbed really well. So there's a lot of stuff in here. And then of course the greens themselves. So there's a lot of stuff in here on top of the greens that would remove capsules that I give to my wife. And then you're also adding, uh, I mentioned estrogen to, to upregulate the, the, uh, the absorption. You also have, uh, from new live science as well, the Astreon, which is a skincare support supplement that we don't talk about enough so you got you got double uh double new live love here here um and then oh and then dude i actually this might i'm coenzyme q10 is a an ingredient that, that right there so this is that what happens every time somebody reads that label they're like oh okay yeah greens and they read a couple things and then they like really start diving in and they go oh holy crap like yeah this is a lot more than i thought yeah, the CoQ10, that's like, that's another pill that I like to, to give my wife and it's just getting to be too many. This knocks out a lot, dude. Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. This is pretty cool. Good I mean, and there's even PQQ in there. You've got K2, um, you know, like you said, alpha lipoic acid. You got your bergamot in there. Um, the Astreon I put in there because 
know, before starting this brand, I didn't really take a bunch of pictures and look at myself on camera all the time. And I'm like, if I'm going to keep doing this, I got to have some, some wrinkle and skin health in there too. <laughs> well, it's longevity, yeah, right? That's part of longevity for sure. You want to look good and, and feel good forever. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what's great about social media. We get to like just watch ourselves age over the years. So you uh, you do that, but yeah, there's a lot of this is gonna this has a lot of like mitochondrial support. Um, there's a lot of heart support in here with the vitamin K two, CoQ ten, bergamot, uh, turmeric. So and we haven't even touched on the greens. There's a whole like you have like ten grams worth of greens that we haven't even like mentioned. We're talking about the extra stuff. So and that's it's the thing, yeah. Dude, yeah. So like, well, if you look at a lot of these greens, spirulina actually has a lot of solid research. It's generally at a gram or more, though. And so, if you look at a lot of greens products, they're a lot of them. You don't get a gram of spirulina. You have it like they're all they're all equivalently dosed at a, at a full gram. But spirulina is one of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different ingredients that have a full gram. So, like broccoli, chlorella. Uh, tons of stuff. And then you have astragalus powder on top of the astragalus that you get from astrogen and astrion. This is very astragalus heavy. Dang, man. This is like... I mean, astragalus has some great benefits as well. Right. I'm, I'm impressed. Uh, this is like... Yeah, this is... You're, you're doing exactly what my wife would probably like as long as I can get her to drink greens every day. So how's it... So that you have a pineapple mango flavor here. How's that working out? Uh, pineapple mango is good. We've got a black cherry that we're going to release in um, 2023, hopefully in Q1. Nice. Now, that one has actually kind of been the uh, the favorite, but I thought pineapple mango would be a little bit more palatable across all demographics, but <laughs> um, apparently black cherry is bigger than I expected. I'm not great on flavors. That's my thing. It's like cool. I, can, I drink the blue raspberry every day, and, and I could be fine with that. Well, you're a workout beast. So like, yeah, you just, you're probably one of those guys, like I've heard Ben on the channel say too many times, I drink piss and it gives me gains. But um, yeah, obviously you're, 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 most people yeah. are not going to, not going to do that. You are sweetening it with stevia though, too. So you're uh, right. Sweetly stevia. Yeah. So it's naturally sweet. sweetened. It's two types of sweet. Uh, yeah. See, and then, oh, and then you have stevia bliss. So you have two like uh, trademark stevias, huh? It just kind of helps make it taste a little bit better. You know, not a lot of the natural sweeteners are just that good where everybody will like them. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's important when we do certain in ingredients, certain products that they are naturally sweetened. If we're trying to say, hey, this is a health product or this is a food product. Mm -hmm. That's what our protein is naturally sweetened as well because is sucralose bad for you? Not really. But if I'm going to treat it like a whole food source, you know, I want it as clean as possible. That way mm -hmm. I can say, hey, you know, this is food. It's not just a supplement. Yeah, in general, I think the greens demographic, you're going to lose a few people if you have sucralose. Um, debatable, I guess. But I I'm with you on that. If it's a pre-workout, you're going to throw sucralose in there. I'm, I'm pretty sure, but... 100%. And but we, yeah, know, we... Pre-workouts are bright blue, bright yellow. Uh, <laughs> that's what those people want. But, you know, you go to like the aminos or, you know, protein. It's like there's no dyes. There's trying to get away from the artificial sweeteners where you can. I, I, right. I, I thought the stevia in your, your protein actually isn't too bad. It's funny when I tried it. The first time I tried it, I put it in some rice crispies like cereal. And I was eating it and I was like, that's a really good chocolate peanut butter. 
is that stevia I taste? And I had to like think about it for a little bit. Like I, I I don't. I'm not a stevia fan to be honest with you. But like, if it makes me think, like, is that really stevia? Like, that's impressive to me, because like I don't think you can ever get rid of the stevia flavor, especially if you're someone like us who's. I don't say we're. I don't want to say we're trained to to get it, but like we we drink enough of this stuff that we know if we get it. But like, you almost pulled one on me with it. It was it was very impressive. Yeah, it like you said, if if you're used to having these really just, I would say that some of the flavor systems that we have now are just amazing. The different proteins, that, I mean, because I buy everybody else's protein, especially before we had this back, just to try it, you know, market research. And man, there's some amazing proteins out there with sucralose. So it's like, if you can kind of get close to that with stevia, you still may have a little bit of something different, a little maybe aftertaste here or there, but like you said, I think if you get to the point where people have to question it, then you've done well. Yeah. I, I, it's funny. People ask me, like, you know, what's a good protein flavor? I'm like, we're at this point where, like, if you have bad flavor in protein, you're not doing this right. Like, I, I, I don't really think there's <laughs> It's almost like if you have bad flavored anything. I mean, even some of the most pungent raws can kind of cover up and make them decent. Yeah, you have to... I, I don't want to name anyone by names because, like, I it if you mean, but like, you have to balance like the new ingredients with the flavors because, like, there's there's a lot of really cool new ingredients, especially like in the pre workout category, maybe like nootropic category, like a lot of these herbals that are coming out. Like, everyone loves like their anextras and their rhodiolas and all these herbs, but like, you start putting too many of them together and it's like, oh, that's that's hefty. Yeah, I remember. So going back to Supply Side West, I was just looking at my emails today. My first Supply Side West was 2016, and that year, um, teacrine was was hot and up and coming, but nobody could flavor it. So we were, I was talking to a flavorist who he's like, "Dude, I got it." He's like, "I figured it out. You had to, I had to do this bitter blocker, this and that." Like he knew that I didn't know what the hell he was talking about, so he didn't like worry about me stealing his ideas. And then you know, eventually it, it, they came out with like, the, the the tasteless cre- uh, teacrine and other which still had taste, but they, it, and people got better. But like for a while, you if you wanted to work with those new ingredients that don't taste good, it takes time for the flavorist to really dial it in. So it, there is a balance to it. Um, a lot of us want to we want to use the new hot ingredients because that's what we do. That's our job. We enjoy it. It's fun. We like the research and all that. But then if you're trying to push something in the mainstream, uh, it really depends on what your target demographic is. You're not going to see Cellucor pushing C4 that tastes like, you know, a terrible Alpinia Galenga, whatever. And it tastes like mushrooms or something like that. They're not going to, they're not going to do that to their main demographic. So it really depends on like where on the, like the, the technology adoption curve your consumers are. Um, it seems like with, with your fan base, they are going to be a little bit earlier on. So they're going to be happy to try this Fitnox ingredient um, in vain, which we wrote about in like April of 2021, I believe is when we wrote about it. I think you probably had it out a little bit longer before that. But what I also, and I wanted to go back to vain. I'm not sure if you stuck with this. Let me look at your label on your website. You have 30 full servings. Yeah. You, you don't do any of that 20, 25 nonsense. You have like 30, 16 gram servings. So there's a reason why it's not going to be, um, you're, you're a $20 pre-workout here. So I think that's pretty cool. And then we also have, you also provide us with lab tests where you tested literally everything on this. So can you tell us your, your philosophy on the, on the lab testing right now? So the vein is actually a, a really interesting one because I hear a lot of people say, oh, hey, well, we do third-party lab testing. 
and then I see what ingredients exactly. that they use, right? Uh, well, we went through this whole thing with uh, the the people that own Vaso Six trademark at that point, and that were distributing it. It's like, okay, well, how do we test this? Because they don't have a standard for it. And, you know, you say it's not regular green tea. It's like, so what is it in green tea that makes it special that we can test for? And then finally, you know, after weeks of discussion through different channels, found, okay, hey, this is going to be the standard. And we had to send the raws to the testing lab, let them test the raws by themselves to build their own standard, and then send them a finished product to test it in the completed product as well. So it's like, there's a whole nother layer to that. If you don't understand any of the HPLC testing or how to set up the tests, you're going to get weird information back and uh, you could waste a lot of money that way. And, you know, if you're just testing for identification or if you're testing for quantity, everybody's going to say, Hey, yeah, we have it tested, but a lot of times they just have it tested for microbials and heavy metals. And then they got a little cert or a COA and they say, that's what we have. So, you know, really back in 2021, we spent eight grand in just lab testing. That was because, you know, we're launching new products and every time we either use a new manufacturer or we have a new product come out, we do a full label test. We may have to change that in the future, um, but that's why I go visit all my manufacturers uh, before we even really talk pricing. So first product, I mean, I drove to Atlanta for our first product before I even knew what it was going to cost to see the facility. And they're like, nobody does that. Well, <laughs> I have to. I mean, I, I'm going to send you money and we're going to build a business relationship. I've got a, a pretty lengthy business background, negotiating different deals, contracts from previous jobs. So it's like, you could just be a guy in a shed taking money on the internet. I don't know the difference. So... I'm going to come see you. I'm going to come see, you know, how you work and count those SOPs. Let's go through it and let's see what your process really is supposed to be. And then let's go walk the floor and see how it's in action. So um, for me, the, the lab testing is something so that I can sleep at night. But I think it's important for our customers to know that, hey, you know, we don't just sit here and say the quality word because I hear everybody say that. Everybody's got quality. Everybody's CGMP. But... Uh, I can tell you I visited a few places that I had some concerns about. So it's important to to build a good relationship and understand where your products are coming from and uh, double check that. You know, even if it's not a full table test, you know, because it's expensive. I think Vane costs $2,600, $2,700 do that. I'm looking at the image right now. You uh, you sent me the 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 check or not the check, but yeah, there, you sent me the, like a screenshot of the bill. I think I cobbled it into one image, 24, uh, 2410. So $2,410 was how much it cost in 20, uh, 2021. So probably up to $2,600 nowadays. Depending on where you get it tested too, you know, so I think, uh, like Eurofins is a little bit pricier than that now because they just uh, had yeah. a price increase. And there's definitely Crazy. some cheaper yeah. place that you can as well, which I, I think that's also <laughs> another thing to talk about too, is like, if you're getting a really good deal for your testing, that might say something. A hundred percent. Honestly, that's the next phase for us is like, I think we have to start auditing our test facilities as well. Um, and that, that's a whole nother layer to the onion. Uh, you know, people are like, oh man, you're doing such a great job, but 
the things that keep me up at night are the things, you know, 10 years down the road, as we start really getting deep into this, it's like, okay, like, what are our labs doing? Where are raw ingredients coming from? How the incoming tests being performed? And we could could go really far down that. So, you know, I'm really excited about getting to that point where those are the questions that we really ask and all the other things are really buttoned up and tight. Uh, Someone wizard wanted to ask if, uh, well, with your switch from Vaso 6 to Cellflow 6, will Vane be changing formula or are you just switching the trademark? So probably uh, there's going to be a new Vane. Um, and one of the things that I've had to look at is we do 30 servings, uh, but there's only a couple brands that really do it. And I think most people don't care at this point. I think Ben and I have had this conversation about high stem pre-workouts. Like they'd much rather try something. And, um, you know, I think with the way the economy is going, maybe having a $60 non-stem uh, isn't going to be for everybody. So I've considered doing a, a like a vein 2.5 where we do like a upgraded formula, but smaller serving size option so that, you know, people can come in and try it and just see it rather than committing to, you know, $60 tub. I honestly, seriously believe that pre-workouts should not be 30 servings. Uh, and I say that with all love and respect for people who, who produce that because I I see why you do it. I see – like there are a couple other brands that I, I have a lot of respect for that you do it. But I I think that you're leaving money on the table because most consumers don't train seven days a week. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, and so, just to me, like I want to allow these people to – Try it for a month and make their decision for next month. Maybe check out another flavor, maybe grab another bottle. But by doing 20 servings, I think you're getting closer to the actual amount of training sessions per month. And it allows you to maybe put more in or make it more cost effective for the consumer. That's always been my thought process. I'm hyper analytical over my training volume, so I don't train seven days a week. But I do know there are some people that you know do do that. I don't think it's a lot, though. And I think the average gym goer is lucky to train four to five days a week. So maybe even 20, 25 servings is pushing it for a lot of people, especially if it's not, you know, something that you would double scoop. Yeah. You know, part of growing this brand and, and understanding the consumer base that we have and the industry is changing a lot from, I would say, when I really got into supplements to now, I mean, and it's evolving quickly we have to evolve with it. So where a 30 serving pre-workout might've meant a lot to me, you said there's not everybody that is using it that way. So I'm not going to let that hold us back from being able to do some of these loaded formulas and do certain ingredients or hit certain price points. So that's something that I'm both products, 30 servings, you know, that's a month supply, but you know, performance products that it may make more sense to, find a 20 serving 25. I guess my, my question back would be like, who, who is your average consumer? What, what is your demographic? Who are you, who are you talking to the most? Who are you, uh, who's using your products? So honestly, it's average athletes, uh, to soccer moms, to, you know, high elite athletes. I think it's, there's a niche for everybody there. And, um, you know, having a, honest dialogue about what our products do I think opens us up to a lot of people 
and having a, a medium stem option uh, gets that kind of like uh, crazy gym goer market because you know, there's a lot of uh, real estate agents that that take our pre-workout as an energy drink replacement or uh, just you know soccer moms that are trying to get shit done throughout the day you know, and they get a little pick me up in the morning maybe they go do some yoga and you know off to the rest of their day is the official name get shit done or is it's gsd pre right but obviously it stands for get shit done yeah, that's the the acronym because people are searching i'm just like for the people on the audio feeds it is like if you go if you're searching it's gsd pre right yeah so it's like the thing you do before you get shit done or get stuff done for like the soccer mom so (laughs) we were just being being very like under the board with it is like if you know what it means then you know it's kind of funny and and you can run with it but um i'm not one of those people that i don't want just a huge aggressive in-your-face brand uh, that works for some people, but I don't know. I mean, I've always come off as like a really aggressive person. So I try to downplay the, the other aspects of like, Hey, you can be hardcore without saying F word every two minutes, you know? Sure. Mm. Well, okay. So yeah, for those who aren't like watching or seeing, you are a very large person. You do seem aggressive. You got the beard and everything. You look, you look like a military operator. And I think that you have some of that in your family history as we chatted. I'm not sure if you want to get into that, but, um, but yeah, you don't like, you don't come across, your voice doesn't come across as a, an aggressive person. You're pretty soft-spoken, at least on this podcast too. So it's a, uh, but you clearly can get after it in the real world and in the gym. I mean, me and Ben are, are like the same size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he definitely weighs more than me, but we're both about the same height and uh, you know similar build. So I think the internet doesn't do me a lot of justice sometimes. I haven't figured out how to get that selfie angle to look huge. Uh, but in person, you know, yeah, yeah in person, a lot like of times I take videos every day and I still haven't figured it out either. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's not a filter for us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I get kind of, uh, I get kind of fed up with the whole concept that you, you have to look big for all this. I think that, uh, through, be, you know, being relatable and being educated, educative, educated, is that help? informative. Like, I think there's a lot of ways that you can relate to the consumer that isn't just being as big as possible. Um, I mean, Mike was able to build price plow pretty far without, you know, being a big muscly guy. Uh, I think there's a lot to that personally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I'll say that in ways it may have held me back from at least even just being confident enough to like do more stuff on video. Um, I'm also having just moved, I'm in terrible shape right now and I'm like feeling sluggish. I'm not, I'm not, not even close to my own best, which is like worse than definitely worth worse than your guys' best. So I think everyone needs to at least like, yeah, I've made the decision to stay natty at least for a long time being and everything. So uh, you know, everyone needs to follow theirs and try to find out like what their best is and like what they're willing to attain. Like the reasonable best. I'm not even nearly like near that right now. So I feel like garbage. I get on video. So I think you need to like, at least find your reasonable best. I'm not sure where we're going with this, but Oh yeah. So, but yeah, had I been, um, a roided up influencer who was having let's just say, uh, hormonal mood swings as we've seen from some, Price all brand probably would have more Instagram follows. Like, so, like, so, but, but obvious, but, the, and, you know, in this world, what's interesting is that you have, like, you have a lot of the, 
a lot of like the 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 meathead bros, and then you have a lot of the science bros. But then you have some people who can kind of straddle both lines, such as a Joey Savage or James with Impel, who's big, but obviously clearly like is into this lab testing thing and everything. And and that those are like some of the people that we can get some of the roast um the best information out of because i don't need him to tell me every last thing about an hplc test like we could always get a phd on or like someone who's just like certified in that world to tell us but to have someone who could straddle that line and give us a little bit of both i think is where like some of the magic's at and you know that's for me like i don't want to get on here and talk about like oh, well hey you know if if your standard operating procedure isn't built this way and if you don't go to the line and you do your line audits and, and you're not doing your weights after X number of pills or, or whatever the case may be, you don't have all the signatures. Like that's boring to most people. You know, we could really dive down into a lot of different things, even about, you know, science and like Joey would do. Joey's going to go way, way. And there's like a niche of people that really like that. I think the average person wants to know that, Hey, confident, you're good. You understand what's going on. And then I trust you, right? And so that's a lot of what I try to do. I don't want to be a hype machine. I'm not going to talk down on somebody else's business or or their products. I'm going to tell you why ours works, how it works. And then you know from our conversation that this is really what it is. And I'm not going to sell you any bullshit. Yeah, I, I unfortunately think that sometimes showing like that you know what you're talking about comes a lot from showing what not to do. Uh, if that makes sense, like, like I, I know a lot of our manufacturing content is boring to most. I think you might enjoy it, James, but I think most normal people probably aren't very interested. But, you know, when I went online talking about like that, that girl manufacturing in her kitchen, like what not oh to do, God. like that's the kind of stuff that like people will th- that's much more relatable than showing a manufacturing floor. You know what I mean? And even though it's equally as important to know where vein is made versus where other stuff is made it's for a lot of people sitting down and explaining the manufacturing process is just not going to be interesting you have to always this is our this is our biggest problem is finding how to make it interesting you know making it relatable Uh, for for you i think it might be like hey have you ever wondered where vein was made this is how it's made right like like i think once you root it in something like that that brings a lot of interest into it and trying to get some of these manufacturers to let us you know, do content when we're there visiting. That's a, a whole nother thing. Yeah. Um, they seem to really like you guys and let you guys do it, but uh, <laughs> when I show up, not all always the case. But. Yeah. I, well, I think some of it comes from, I've filmed in so many different facilities that like, they, they know I'm not, they know I know what to film and what not to film. You know, like I, I think uh, that there's a, there's a, there's a touch for that. Um, but it also like, you don't, want someone to have a, a a piece of content from your facility that could just floating out there somewhere that maybe might show someone pulling their nose mask or their face mask down or something like that. You know, there's a lot of liability there for sure. Yeah. There's I mean, you, you see these guys getting roasted on TikTok all the time. Like, Hey, yeah, I'm here. And we, we got our new product and they're pulling their product out on the line. And like, they got their hands yeah. in it and then they put the top back on and put it back on the line. You're like, Ooh, yeah, don't. Yeah. It's, but also I think it just shows like, like, like this morning I did that video about that guy at the KSM 66 facility. And I, I was, oh, wow. I was like, you know, this, he's not wearing gloves, not wearing a mask. His, his, you know, his chest hair is showing his arm hair is showing. And someone commented uh, saying, yeah, well 
after you clean the roots, they go through an extraction process. So it doesn't matter if there's actually any hair in there. It would all get uh, filtered out. And for me, it's like it's the principle of the thing. If you're willing to not use proper PPE during a, during a thing, I really don't care if it's actually safe. I care about the fact that the facility is allowing that to happen because that shows a pattern. And I think like if you were going to go audit someone and you saw a red flag like that, even if it def even if it does, like downstream doesn't really matter, it shows that the people in charge of that quality assurance are not you know keeping up to date with this stuff. It's it's about a systemic break in process. And so if they're going to let you do it one time, it's like, how many other times is it like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. You no, know, it's like once you start kind of bending the rules a little bit here or there, it's like, when do they really break? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And in, in this case, like there was it was some sort of reality TV influencer or whatever, like trying to look cool. Um, don't know. Don't know the whole thing. It was like, you know, what? you might try to look cool in your world, but you come into our world and we see that you're screwing up. It doesn't look cool at all. It's like I, we're putting this in our body. I don't want your your pubic beard hairs in my, my product. Like, <laughs> put on them. I'm like the biggest masquerader on the planet, but put on the beard beard cover. You know, like, dude. This so like there there comes a time where um for manufacturers, I do want them to be strict and crazy, and I do want ingredient suppliers to be insane about their quality because um. And, and not allow someone to come parading through personally, because, you know, this is going into people's bodies. This isn't like, you know, the, the plastic lid company who's got, you know, the, the extrusion device. Like if there's a, if there's a little bit of dirt in the plastic lid, it's not the end of the world, maybe, but like when it comes to actual product that's going into someone's body, I'd prefer it to be as, as good as possible. Cause every, along the way, like all these different issues can mount up and then you finally have to finish good product. Um, we can't have mistakes at every, at every step. Otherwise, you know, we're just going to get, we're just going to get blown apart when something bad happens. And so we have to protect our, ourselves in our industry because there's, um, there's a lot of people that want to come after us. So we have to be on guard. I always relate it back to selling t-shirts. It doesn't really matter where the t-shirt comes from because you're just going to wear it. You know, you may not wash it, came from China, it smells funny, whatever. But we're ingesting these things. Like you said, they're going into your body. You're giving them to people you love. Maybe you're giving them to your children because you assume that it's safe. And, you know, there's there's two types of consumers out there. One that thinks that there's no regulatory anything for supplements and one that believes everything is perfect and dandy. And really, there's something in the middle that's the truth and you know i think we should do everything that we can to make sure like you said there's not these mounting contaminants that go in there or just different variables that happen and when you get to the end it's like every raw ingredient manufacturer has a process every incoming lab test somewhere their quarantine their mixing line you know, and then they go into bottling. So if you have all these little things that just continue to add up and you have 20 different ingredients in there, like some of these products now, and you have a lot of potential risk for adulteration. And James, I, I especially like, because you talk about soccer moms and, and stuff like that, I, I imagine you have a decent amount of consumers that don't trust the industry to start with because most people outside of watching price ball content and i don't think that you know most of the industry watches our stuff they probably think very little about the quality in this industry so being able to say up front like what you do for yourself i think it's really impactful for a lot of those folks i would agree because when we do a lot of in-person stuff one of the first things that i put on the table is a clipboard with a laminated lab test that we have 
and you know people that aren't into supplements they just come by to say hi see what you got whatever um you know they may, may be a a mom of somebody who's doing something there at the event or a, a grandma and they're like oh well, i've never tried anything like this it's not going to make my heart explode mm -hmm. no you know and why well, I, I heard they put steroids and stuff I'm like no <laughs> you know and so it's it definitely is a, a good icebreaker and a, a confidence boost for people who don't know anything about our, our industry. So we're, so you do have a blog post on your site and it's in the footer of uh, impelnutrition.com. Why we choose a third party test question mark and share. Um, where are the lab tests shared at? So uh, typically we do something on uh, social media. I call it truthful Tuesdays. And so we'll, drop a lab test on there uh we did one the other day for our protein that came in um so it's just something that we do periodically i need to do a better job of making more blog posts when we have the tests um looking at in the future you know maybe putting a qr code out there um and having like a, a file depository of different mm -hmm. scans of our our lab testings so that's cool. Yeah, I see. Yeah, you posted that a few days ago here uh, at Impel Nutrition on Instagram. So, what's the in terms of next steps for the brand? Uh, new products. I don't. I don't want to. I know we talked about some stuff that I don't want to get to, but I, I. In terms of other directions of actual formulas, is there anything else that you feel that you're excited about that you might have coming that will be different? Honestly. Not yet. I have a couple ideas and I'm playing with some things, but one of the reasons why I went to supply side, other than, you know, knowing that that's really the side of the industry that I, I think I need to be in the most contact with is to see what else is new and out there um, or what's gaining traction that the bigger brands have access to that as a smaller brand, you know, I really need to put my feet on the ground and, and get over there. You know, a lot of these guys get first access because that's who they are. So, and they know all these people and they have the relationships. So for me, um, trying to do a better job at leasing the things on time that, that people want new flavors. Uh, I tried to secure ourselves for this whole su supply chain pandemic thing by boosting inventory. And then everybody else went to like new flavor launch every month. So it was like, okay, well, we've been running with the same flavors for like a year now. So we've got to freshen that up and, and come with a new look for some things. Uh, you start to see that our label design's changing. Uh, we've got a high stem pre-workout that people have been asking about for a long time. Ben, I think you tried it the other day. I really enjoyed it. I um, We got to get some to Mike too. I think this is exactly like the kind of stuff that Mike would really enjoy. I, I thought you put together something that was reasonable, but also compelling. Which I, th I think is a really, uh, I think those are two things that in terms of high stim pre-workouts, people either go too much or they rely just on the stim to carry the entire product. How much are you willing to disclose how much caffeine you're looking for? Is it a blend or what do you have? So it's a blend, uh, but it's right at 400 milligrams. Mm -hmm. so it's a solid dose of caffeine. Um, and then you've got some other extra things in there to help boost performance and cognitive function. Uh, but I didn't want to just like, I hate the heart jumping out of the chest feeling. Mm. Um, I don't train as hard as Ben, but I, I think that I train pretty hard and 
that that part like really just screws up my rest times so i felt like when we were testing it, it was like it hit hard enough i felt great i never really got overstimmed or burnt out in the middle of my workout um, so i think people will enjoy it from the formula side and then uh, when they get to use it they i think it feels a little bit better than it looks on paper that's a good point. That, that's a good thing that happens when things feel better than they look on paper. It's it's kind of, it's something I at least I've seen a few times. I don't know about how Mike feels about that, but I've had a few times where I'm like, okay, you know, looks good on paper. I'm willing to try this out, and then like halfway through the workout, I'm like, holy shit, it's actually really good. Um, and I, <laughs> I I think the split of the caffeine is what is really important. Um, because 400 milligrams of caffeine can be a lot for some people. I don't think it's that much, but for most people, it's it's a decent decent amount. But the way that you split it up, I think, changes the experience for consumers a lot. And, yeah, and I'm I big on we, caffeine blends. I hope people really kind of take to it um, from a formula standpoint because I I know that that's something that everybody really wants is they the, the caffeine limits pushing up, and you know people are generally you know overtired and overstimulated so they need to kind of get that, that punch to get into the gym not everybody wants to get up at 4 a.m and work out <laughs> is that the time you train 4 a.m yeah. it's, it's just a habit of you know not having a, a bunch of free time and having a kid and the thing about 4 a.m is no one messes with you because mm -hmm. they're all sleeping so i can get an hour hour and a half of training in before anything in the world starts moving that's going to cause me distress yeah it's the way to go in my opinion like so at least like the the thing that requires the most focus and quiet is the thing that needs to be done in early in early morning i'm a morning person i always regret when i don't when i get away from being a morning person because that's just how my body works waking up early no matter what might as well get things done uh, lately i've been catching up on work but like uh for a while when i was caught up on work i like to hit the gym five to six there's the 5 a.m crew at the gym and like i don't know it's like a it's my people i think is what it is it's like people who are morning people everyone's like ready to go and people are nice and it's but no one's like chit chatting like crazy or getting it done um but the the 5 a.m crew at the gym i think is an underrated crew personally but that's because they're they're the people that i am like <laughs> i've always wanted to join that crew but i have no reason to go there at that at that time yeah I mean, from a training perspective, Ben, you get it. It's like if you can get more sleep, get more meals in before you go work out, that's the optimal thing to do. Um, my, my, you know, I live the weight that I can push scales directly with how many meals I can get in before I train. Well, I, I would say there is a, a point of limited returns where it's too late. Uh, if I've had like five meals and it's like seven o'clock at night, I'm not good. But like if I can get her in, in there around like one o'clock and have like two to three meals in me, I have an awesome session every time. Yeah, and, I'd imagine I, some people are going to need way too much time to stretch if you're like trying to hit the gym at five to six a.m. Um, a lot of people need to like loosen into their day. I live in Florida, so it's not like it's twelve degrees outside, and you know you got to warm up and and do all this stuff. It's like you know, ten fifteen minute warm up, blood's flowing. It's like you can get to work. There's also a factor of the the traffic on the way to the gym. Uh, I'll have a really bad session if I just sit in traffic on the way to the gym always happens to me I, I, it's completely psychological and maybe I, i'm weak-minded for it but sitting in traffic ruins workouts for me really it doesn't get you like mad or anything 
in select cases I can channel it, but I hate traffic. Like sitting in traffic is like I think it's like the worst part of the week. It's literally why we moved halfway across the country. It was getting it was getting too crowded in Texas. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so you're in the panhandle of Florida, right? No, right. He's nodding, yes, Pan- I- Panama City. I didn't know if you you heard that, but Panama City Beach. So we're right there by uh, Austin, you know, kind of Pensacola, Tallahassee split, like right in the middle. Awesome. Do you, so? Do you have a lot of impel on like some of the local stores? Are I know like when we were hanging out at Supply Side, there's a store from Arkansas that called you. Um, I think they were putting in an order, so that was pretty cool. But like, are you are you connected around like the local stores and stuff? I mean, we we try to push, you know, buy local. Um, you know, we even starting to put these little stickers on the lids of our, our products so that when they're sitting in the local stores here, uh, this area specifically is, is very much on the, you know, locally supported, locally owned type thing. Um, and so, you know, you'll notice on some of the things we share, it says a hundred percent owned and operated. It has like the Florida state, uh, design on it and all that. So we're in. I think it's uh, a franchise of eight different stores across uh, Northwest Florida. Uh, it's a locally owned brand as well. So we know all the owners and uh, support all the events that they do here. And we do pretty well with them. That's cool. I I have a lot of respect for places that care about locally, uh, local, local businesses, or at least just small businesses. Like I, I really like supporting a person instead of a company or a corporation, I should say uh, it, it, that matters to me. And so Jersey does a little bit of that local stuff. Um, it's more about loving people from Jersey than anything else. But <laughs> I think Florida has a little bit of that too, though. Like Florida really, like they, they, they take care of their own. And Texas too. I think we're all from kind of areas it's, that care of that. A lot of the, the Southern states are, are really, really into that. Um, and, you know, until I really got into, I guess maybe being older or owning a business, I really didn't see how important it was to small businesses that there is support and that there are people that go out of their way to do that. And especially the way the economy is now, you know, you have these big corporations that just continue to buy out the smaller guys and, and they're able to leverage uh, economies of scale that the smaller people can't. So, uh, but there, there are some small brands that I buy from in our industry that I love what they do. I really love the people behind them. Mm-hmm. And I would much rather send my money to that guy. Um, know that, you know, he can take his kids on a vacation or to soccer camp or whatever it is rather than to some nameless corporation. Yeah. I remember seeing a sign on the internet that went kind of viral. Like, you know, when you buy from Amazon, that doesn't, you know, fund, uh, you know, a kid's uniform for baseball or it doesn't, it doesn't help anyone out. It doesn't really do anything for any singular person. Um, which is like harsh because you know I, I I we all know there's like you know thousands of people working in Amazon warehouses to ship boxes that haven't peed in six hours. But it, supporting people that you know like put passion into what they created that's important. And there's people that work for them as well. And I think there's a place for everything. I can't say that I don't buy anything off of Amazon or I don't buy my groceries from Walmart or Publix or wherever. Like, but when you have the choice. And the choices are similar enough. What would you rather do? Well, I'd rather give it to the guy that I know and that I want to support. I think that's kind of the beautiful thing about social media nowadays is outside of the influencer niche, you have 
um, just good business owners that you can relate to and, and learn about and know and then support their company. Yeah, it's a powerful time right now. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm at least really proud, like with our community, we're able to give back to guys like yourself, um, Soul, you know, other brands that, you know, are, are legitimately like individuals that created something that's special. Um, we see a lot of brands that are kind of me too brands. And so unfortunately, a lot of times when I look at small brands, I, I kind of expect a uh, cookie cutter type situation, but there's a lot of really great individuals in the industry right now making things that are different. And I really appreciate you guys kind of taking the time, hanging out with me at a supply side and just like, you know, because we are, we are a small brand and, you know, Ben, while we were there talking, I mean, you had all these different guys from just huge companies coming up and talking and you guys had a lot of other stuff to kind of do. So, um, you know, it, it's cool that there is somebody in the industry that is trying to look out for people that are on the come up that may have the the social media following or whatever that some of these other brands have i think it's important i, I think that that I, I don't know i don't i don't want to only talk about the companies that would do well anyway you know i, I th those those companies are all going to be fine on their own but we have a, i think we have a really uh impactful community and i think we have the channel and the the ability to support people and i, I think that using that for people who don't have a hundred thousand followers to leverage already, I think is, is powerful. Um, you know, so, and, and I, and I also say that because I think that we're doing something genuinely good. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't get into this for any purpose of like, Hey, well, I want to be famous or I want to be on Instagram. It was actually so far from that. Like I said, I had zero internet before it, uh, because my life functions so much better without Facebook and Instagram and all those things. But, uh, being able to connect with people and add value to people uh, and hopefully improve their lives with the products that we have and, and the way that we bring products to market. I think that that's important and I think we can do some good. So I appreciate that you guys see something like that with us. For sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, from my perspective, anytime I see someone um, like a smaller brand posting a $2,400 third-party lab test that it didn't really have to do, like we're, we're on your team, you know, like that's, that's, <laughs> What's going to happen? Assuming that it wasn't fraudulent, I totally believe you. You know, I saw the, I saw the, the lab tests and everything, and uh, we're we're excited to like to push that forth and um and give it give it a little bit of love. Probably like looking back, should have given it more love, to be honest. You know, so I guess sometimes like I'm not sure how it is for uh for smaller brands, but I know you have like you don't have the largest lot sizes, so I sometimes I'm just like almost like afraid to ask for a tub even though i wanted a tub of vein back in 2021 i didn't want to put you out like that's like 50 bucks you could have made i'm not gonna do that but like definitely send one to ben and then like nowadays like if you want some cool b-roll definitely send it to cody and then it's like well right. i can't ask you for a third tub so like i'm on the outs i'll have maybe ben will send me a baggie but oh. I'm, I'm always down for the the one scoop baggies personally just yeah because for me if we're doing something cool like that ben and ben and cody do come first because they're actually going to put out uh, more content than I am. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I, we appreciate you putting out, putting out lab tests and everything. And, uh, and that, that immediately is huge. Like I've said multiple times, like I fully believe that a lot of these dietary supplements, especially ones like yours are tested better than a lot of the, the, the popular foods out there, mm. like certain, like, you know, name brand cookies or something like that. I bet you that we've gone through more rigor on our ingredients than a lot of, a lot of those foods. So 
Um, it's, it is tough. It is important to change our perspective perception and anyone who's putting a lot of that money that could have been in your pocket towards change that perception is, is definitely a good actor. So thanks for doing that. Appreciate that. And I'll, I'll send you a tub of vein. I got, I got plenty of it right now. And <laughs> nice. Thanks. It, it's, it's definitely worth it. Uh, and it's a good time. I, I still love that. I think that's probably one of the, the better pump products on the market, but for me, you know, it wasn't about like, hey, can we get money in our hand right now? It's like, these are the things that need to be done for a 10-year-old brand. Hmm. You know, so we're building the foundation the way that it should be. And we get to 100,000 followers or, you know, whatever revenue mark that you want. Like, you don't want to be playing catch up on these things if you know. There's going to be plenty of things that I won't know that we'll have to button up as we scale. So do everything right from the ground up and it's not taking food off of my, my son's plate. So, you know, right now it's like, what's the right thing for the business? And these are the things that I can tell you all day long that I'm a truthful guy and I'm an honest guy and, and I want what's best for you. But the proof is where you put your money. And uh, I'm stupid that I say is we put our money where your mouth is. <laughs> True. Yeah. You know, you're gonna drink this stuff. So you know it's good. Um, and just doing the right thing. I mean, I, I think I've said that probably 20 times now. But <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, it's trying to be a good person in this industry that maybe doesn't reward that. Um but I knew from the get-go that we're not gonna blow up immediately. So I'm here for the long run. I, I enjoy meeting the people in the industry building those relationships and you know, we're not going anywhere. I, I want to switch gears just a little bit, but I have, I have a question for you. How many, how many employees do you have for, for Impel? Me and my wife. So <laughs> I love that you listen to that. <laughs> so like on a daily basis, when it comes to like uh, fulfilling orders, like, like what's your schedule like uh, in terms of, you know, like also going to your day job, uh, taking care of customer service, dealing with with accounts for manufacturing or whatever, and then also fulfilling orders. How does that all work for you in your in a day in the life for James? So the beautiful part for James is I don't fulfill very many orders. So my wife homeschools our son, and um, you can you can see behind me we've got all the books. This is like the office slash homeschool room. So they're doing schoolwork, and an order comes in. She prints it out on this printer here, packs it it's at ready. And so all the orders are fulfilled usually within five or 10 minutes as they come in throughout the day. If, if they're in the house working, um, cool. You know, I'll fulfill orders at night. A lot of times I'm up late. So if an order comes in, you know, after 10 PM central, you get it shipped before 4 AM. That's me. Uh, I'm up working, doing something on the computer, see an order come in, I fulfill it. So, and outside of that, you know, I get up at four and I'm immediately doing emails, doing my 4 a.m. post on social media, going to the gym. And then, uh, you know, anytime around commute times, I'm on the phone, stay up late when the family goes to bed and just kind of crank out graphic design, uh, email flows like Mike were, I were talking about before. Um, just pretty much everything top to bottom. I still even do the bookkeeping and uh, monthly QuickBooks just because, uh, you know, my MBA taught me a lot of these things and I don't think we would succeed if I didn't have that background to be able to do as many things as that I can do. 
Yeah, I think that that was actually going to be my last question that I wanted to hit on. Uh, this week, I met a kid at my gym who wants to open a supplement company, and he wanted to intern for Price Plow. Uh, and and I, I was kind of going over with him like what I thought to be like the most important things for you to have in terms of skills to open a supplement company. Um, and not that you're a hundred million dollar company or anything, but you've, you've definitely seen some ups and downs and I think you're pretty well prepared for what you do. I was going to ask you what, if someone asked you like what you think they should do, like if they're going into college, what, what are the best tools they could have to start a supplement company from your perspective? From my perspective, I think you need some sort of marketing degree, um, or let's say maybe not a marketing degree, right? You need some marketing experience you need to take some marketing classes understand uh how google adwords works at, uh search engine optimization and understand consumer behavior i think is a whole another thing is because the average person doesn't see all the marketing that's going on around them and be able to understand why certain things happen or why certain products are where they are um so outside of some kind of marketing exposure think a business degree is solid if you're going to run your own business. I think a business degree uh, teaches you all the backbone things that you're going to have to pay somebody for. And a lot of people get screwed because they don't understand what they're paying for. So, you know, if you're paying an accountant to just do your bookkeeping, that should be a couple hundred dollars a month, not a thousand dollars a month. If you don't know a debit from a credit, you probably wouldn't know what to pay that person. Uh, I think from a anesthesiology or pharmaceuticals, unless you're going to get a doctorate, spend the, your time on PubMed, reading uh, these clinical studies, get access to the full studies, and maybe take a statistics class so that you can understand what p-values are and how you know a good experiment is put together and what good data looks like. Because I think, Ben, you see this all the time, as somebody looks at a study and like, oh my God, S7's great. And you know, it's small of a sample size, or they've run the statistics in a way that look super good for them. Um, really, that would be my take on it, is that's kind of how I did it, is all the supplement things, all the biochemistry things that, that I've learned was, spending a lot of time on Wikipedia, PubMed, and then getting in that rabbit hole of, okay, hey, what's creatine do? Okay, what's uh, ATP? Oh, okay, well, what's the cycle of ATP? What does it get converted to? What are the byproducts? You know, it's like, what do you need to replenish that? And next thing you know, you've lost three hours of study time, and you're up trying to finish this essay that was due tomorrow. But you know what creatine does now? <laughs> so even with all of the help that you've had from your uh, manufacturing experience, because uh, that, that's actually what I expect you to talk more about was the testing and the manufacturing understanding of what the product that you're producing is going to be. I think that there's a lot of good businesses that are run, don't have that information. Um, I think it's, it's something that we bring that's extra. Mm -hmm. I don't think that the average person is going to be able to get that kind of experience because I worked in manufacturing for 15, 15 years before I started on this journey. You know? um, so there's a, there's a lot of those background things that are happening there that 
you learn through experience and time. Um, and there's not a good way to learn about manufacturing without being involved in manufacturing. Interesting. Okay. I think that's a really reasonable approach to it because I think that that is the biggest hurdle is like if you can get um, – because what I told the kid was uh, probably majoring in business, minoring in something biology or chemistry just so he has an understanding of studies and stuff like that. Uh, but understanding I think the business is more important. I think being able to run the business itself, the money itself, I think is the most important thing. Uh, I think we have a lot of uh, Google formulators that don't know how businesses work personally or cash flow <laughs> or anything like that. But I think that a lot of people end up getting screwed by manufacturers because they have no clue what they're ordering. They have no clue what they're interfacing with. And and I agree. I think uh, the Facebook ads that we see from oh. manufacturing companies are disingenuous because uh, the people that are going to be consumers of that, I don't think that they have a sustainable business model and they'll, they don't understand profit margins and, you know, costing products, cost of goods sold. So that's back to that basic business background is you, you need to know how to build a business rather than just say, hey, well, and I, I, I paid $30 for this. So if I can sell it for 38, you know, I'm making a killing. <laughs> then nice. shipping I, I, costs five bucks. <laughs> shipping costs five bucks. Your ambassador wants 10%. You mm -hmm. know, you're going to have to pay uh, a merchant processor a couple percent there. Um, you know, it's like, what's your overhead? Do you want to make any money? What's your <laughs> scale up cost to be able to get to the next batch size? And there's a ton of factors there. Um, so I think that kind of hurts the industry on some level. But I think that that would be good if, if somebody did have to go to college. And I think college has its place. I think there's a ton of people that can get the same information without it. Mm -hmm. Um but I was in a situation where, I mean, I was working and going to college at the same time because I hit a glass ceiling um, by not having that. So uh, there's still a lot of places in this world that you need it. I'd say the other thing, instead of a lot of these people trying to get on with some actual supplement company, get a warehousing job at some manufacturing place. And if it, if it's in the supplement industry, even better. Mm -hmm. Um because I, I think from that side of things, you're going to learn the, I would say, the underbelly of how things go and, and how that side of it actually operates. It doesn't have to be in the supplement industry. Uh, find a regulated industry that has rules and, you know, really strict standards that people have to abide by. Then you'll find the crossover. Yeah, you know? totally. I love that. Mike, did you yeah, I want. I, I, I want to. I gotta throw my my devil's advocate two cents. Like, if you were to force for me, like a lot of that stuff is learnable. Um, the business stuff, a lot of people are gonna lose money in the process of learning it. But like, that's kind of the the general story. Uh, if if you were to force someone, if if you were to force me to go to college, um, and I may do this someday, I would go full and on biochemistry and understand that. That's because yeah, you can become a PubMed warrior, but there, uh, once you get into the chemistry of it, I think that requires a little bit more formal education than um, than just understanding some of the studies. Like at some point, you 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 go down the reference path, you're eventually going to hit some crazy stuff. You're like, okay, this is a little bit you know out of my wheelhouse. Um, and there's certain there's certain chemistry tricks that are they're going on behind the scenes. So that's that's what I but I come from the science background, you know. So like you know, a lot of times in the industry you have the science 
the science-y brands and then you have the marketing-y brands or whatever. So it also depends on like what you're really going to be. Some of the, some of the solid brands also have like one of each dude. And, uh, but for me, like a lot of the, the business stuff you mentioned can be learned by getting your teeth kicked in. <laughs> um, whereas <laughs> the, the biochem stuff is, uh, I don't know. It, it, it just seems to be more of a challenge to like learn, learn by doing, and, uh, it would be a slower process. So that, that is just my two cents, but no, I definitely, uh, respect everything you said and what you're doing for sure. Uh, unfortunately I do need to get going personally. Um, I'm not sure if you guys want to continue or, I got a lot. I got a lot done. I think we got a couple of clips that I'm going to take out of this. So I'm I'm really happy with this, James. Unless there was anything else you really wanted to get yeah, into. Any cl closing comments or anything? No, I mean, like I said, I really appreciate you guys having me on here. Um, I think anytime that Ben and I can sit down and talk, and Mike after uh, you know the visit in Vegas, mm -hmm. I, I really just enjoy talking with you guys. So whether we're talking about supplements or uh, you know video games or whatever it was uh i just appreciate it and you know um anybody that's interested in any of our products all the contacts whether it's email social media if you have any questions shoot me a message i answer them all personally and uh i'd love to at least talk to more people and and see you know what you guys think about what we're doing yeah i want to do this more often this is a lot of fun i appreciate your time james man awesome appreciate thanks cool yeah we'll talk yep. soon happy birthday